If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, please. And that, that was so good. I appreciate Abby and uh, Tinsley and Addie all the way from South Africa uh, singing that song. And that was a beautiful song. Amen. Thank Miss um, Rebecca for working with them right before the service. I think it's the first time they ever sung together as a trio. I hope it's not going to be the last. Something they had to sing next time in South Africa. They're all for that. Amen. All right, Hebrews chapter 11. I want to continue what I began this morning uh, on the journey of faith. It reminds me every time I uh, say that title, that old Southern Gospel song, I wouldn't take nothing from a journey now. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. The journey of faith is wonderful. It's a blessing. Uh, it's one of the most exciting adventures of life that you'll ever have. This morning, uh, we'll just do a quick review that uh, uh, we start in verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 11 on the purity of faith. Go out. You got to go out. And that means go, uh, go from a dollar tree all the way to the land of Canaan. And then second of all, we had the price of faith. The price of faith, which uh, means he had to travel over 600 miles by sandals and by camelback. Then the patience of faith after, after uh, is found in verse 8. And then the promise of faith it received an inheritance. So let's read verse 8. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which, uh, which he should have to receive for inheritance, obeyed. Obeyed. There's the practice of faith. And he went out not knowing whether he went. And I think I ended with that verse on the perplexity of faith. You know, the, the, there's confusing times today. But God leads His dear children along. Say amen right there. And God helps us day by day, not month by month, not year by year, but day by day is the way to know the will of God, enjoy the will of God, and be right in the middle of the will of God. And I thank God that He gives us just enough light to walk in and then gives us some more light. And then we go to the edge of the darkness sometimes and we step out one more step because we know the foundation of the promise of God is there to catch our footing and we're still stable in a world that's fallen slap apart. And so I want to begin with verse 9 tonight and preach through uh, verse uh, uh, 16. And then next week I'm excited about preaching a Father's Day message on Abraham and Isaac. It's amazing how the scripture just falls right into place and, uh, and really we should fall right in place following the Scripture. Let's look at verse 9. It says, By faith he sojourned, that's the journey, in the land of promise as, a strange, in, a, in, a, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles um, with Isaac and Jacob. That's the key. The heirs with him of the same promise. And he looked for a city which had foundations, builder and maker is God, whose faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. And therefore sprang there even of one of him as good as dead, and many as the stars of the sky in a multitude, and as the sands which were by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith. That's the only way to die. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth, and they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. In verse 15, and I want you to notice this very carefully tonight, 
and I'll try to dwell on this um, the, the, most of the time. It says, And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. Let's pray for our preach. Father, thank you for the good singing. God, thank you for Brother Randy coming and leading the singing, and God for these uh, our my grand my grandchildren singing, and all the music that was provided tonight. We thank you so much for it. It helped us to prepare our hearts to preach, and so Lord, Lord help us to preach by faith, and God help us to live by faith, and God help us to overcome in these last days by faith. God help us never turn back. Help us be faithful. Decide by faith, to follow you no matter what. And we're going to praise you and thank you for what you're doing and through this message. All for your glory we preach. Amen. So I want you to look at verse 9, just real quick. And we see the, the, the wisdom of faith, that God gives us prudence, and the only place to live is in the will of God. It says, uh, He sojourned into a land of promise. I want to tell you something, folks. God's promised you life and life abundant. God's promised you Victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And folks, there's no other place like that place. There's nobody like Jesus, but there's nothing like the will of God. Many live uh, in uh, the dens of iniquity and sinful pleasures uh, just for a season, and it's all temporary. But folks, I want to tell you something. Sin is dangerous. It's dangerous. It'll keep you a lot longer, hurt you a lot longer, and hurt others like I preached this morning more than, more than you'll ever imagine. So stay in the will of God. And the only way to stay in the will of God is by faith, believing His Word day by day. And then I want you to see also the profession of faith. It says in dwelling in tabernacles. The Bible says in verse 9, By faith He sojourned in the land of promise. That's the place to stay. As in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles. Dwelling in tabernacles. Folks, here's the profession of our faith. We're not residents permanent in this world. We're just passing through. And folks, most of the Canaanites lived in uh, big cities with big walls, uh, dwelled, but these pilgrims, these uh, strangers, these ambassadors, these men and ladies of faith, they lived in tents, tabernacles. And folks, they were saying, this is not my world. This is not my home. And so tonight, we need to make a profession. We are not just citizens of the United States of America. I'm proud to be and ashamed about some of the things that's happening lately. But I want to tell you something, folks. We're citizens of heaven. And our home is heaven. And folks, I want to tell you something. I want to say this as probably a subtitle for the message, is that heaven should not only be a destination. Heaven ought to be a motivation for your life. Where are you headed? And who do you belong to? And folks, one day you'll give account. Uh, when you face the Lord. So heaven is not just a destination, but it's a beautiful destination. It should be a motivation. We are children of the living God. And then it says dwelling in these tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob. I see the proclamation uh, proclamation of, of the gospel is that, uh, or the faith. Uh, folks, he, uh, Abraham reached his, his, um, his, his family. He reached uh, uh, his children. And folks, I want to tell you something. If you lose your children, what does it profit? 
And folks, the next generation, we pass on our faith. We pass on a legacy. Abraham influenced his family, and his family influenced the world. And Jacob's 12 uh, sons uh, established the nation of Israel. And you know what came out of it, who came out of Israel. And so, folks, there ought to be a faith that is faithful at home. There ought to be a faith that is passed on. This is not a sprint. This is a, a, not a marathon. It's a relay race, and we need to pass it on to our children, to our grandchildren, to our sphere of influence before it's too late. Then I see in verse 10 also, folks, the preference of faith. Uh, folks, uh, uh, faith wants something better than this world. Look at verse 10 and verse 14. It says, For he looked for a city whose foundations, whose builder and maker is God. The preference of faith. He looked. Look at verse 14. For they that say such things declare plainly, they seek a country. They seek a country. Now listen, I know it's hard at home, but I want you to listen very closely. Folks, there ought to be more uh, things that you seek than money or prestige or power or comfort or even entertainment. We live in an entertainment society. <clears throat> Folks, some people are having DTs because of lack of sports and lack of theater and lack of all this stuff. And folks, it's been kind of a good sabbatical school uh, that we can draw apart from the world and not be so entangled by the affairs of this world. And folks, Abraham influenced his, uh, his uh, uh, family, but I want to tell you something, folks. Abraham influenced the world. And folks, the preference is it will influence the world. You know, there's a spirit today of discontent. If you, if you notice it, turn on the TV and everybody's angry. Everybody's burning things up and looting and, and polluting and cussing each other. And if you're not the same color or the same creed or same background, it's just war in the streets and it's so sad. And folks, I got a solution to all that. We need to teach them how much God loves them. Not that they ought to love God, but that God loved them. And if they find out God loves them, they will love themselves. They'll accept themselves. They'll accept others with differences and differences. But I want to tell you something, folks. It'd be a far better place if this place was full of God's love. And by faith, by faith, we have good sense of values. Folks, there's more to it than this world. Uh, folks, we got to pick our fights. And so some of the fights are not worth all the energy and strife. I know you ought to stand for what's right. And then look at verse 26 of this same chapter. The Bible says, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect and recompense of the reward. And the reason is in verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt. Talking about Moses, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Folks, the preference of faith is Christ. The preference of faith is, is His Word. The preference of faith is His Word. And folks, we ought to not be so easily swayed by the world, so easily uh, um, detoured by the world. We ought to have a desire in our heart to serve God because He is greater and He is better and His riches are greater than any riches on this earth. Thank God to live as Christ and to die as gain. But you know, I see in verse 9, verse 11, verse 13, and verse 17 in this Hall of Fame of Faith, I see the perseverance of faith. The perseverance of faith. In verse 9 it says, By faith he sojourned in a land of promise as in a strange country. It was very strange to go from southern Iraq to Israel, or from Ur of Chal Chaldees 
which he was used to worshiping the moon, and then going and getting saved, praise God, uh, and, uh, and, and worshiping the one that created the moon and created the earth. And it was, it was strange. It was strange to his relatives. It was strange to his friends probably. But the nation of Israel began, began with the call of Abraham. And God called Abraham to go. And he didn't know where he was going to go. He didn't know how he was going to get there and didn't know where he was going, when he was going to get there. But he waited on God and obeyed God. And folks, waiting is not passive. Look at verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now at first she didn't count him faithful. She laughed at him. And you know this shows me that God is a God of second chance. He's more than second chance, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth chance. God will help you come back. And Sarah failed when she first, they first announced that she's going to have a baby. And uh, they had to wait 25 years. And at 90, over 90 years of age, she gave birth. Uh, and folks, I want to tell you something. It was a miraculous uh, intervention in her life, uh, practically a resurrection. And folks, folks, waiting is not easy. And folks, perseverance of faith is not easy. Look at verse 13. It says, these all died in faith not having received the promise. Folks, it's, it's hard to keep on keeping on when things don't seem to be going good on this earth. And, and there's blessings. But folks, waiting is not passive. And then I see in verse 17, and I'll preach that next week, by faith Abraham when he was tried offered up Isaac, and by that received the promise of the offering up his only, only begotten son. And so, folks, God came through at the last minute with that ram in the thicket. And, folks, he was willing, the Bible says in, in uh, verse uh, uh, 19, accounting that God was able to raise him up. He was willing to kill his son because he believed God's promise so much that he said that even from the dead, from hence also he received him in a figure. He knew that God could raise him up from the dead. And that's what he was believing and so the Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. And they shall run and not faint. Even the, even the youth faint. All of us faint. But folks, we need to keep going for God. And uh, their sons uh, began, became the, uh, the, the father of Jacob and Esau. And Jacob really built the nation of, of Israel with his 12 sons. Joseph saved the nation of Israel from starvation. And then later Moses delivered Israel. And folks, I want to tell you something, he had to wait 40 years on the backside of the desert. So God is always on time. The key to, to waiting on God is keep on obeying. When you don't know where, you don't know how, you don't know when, and you don't even know why. And that's what Abraham was going through. And so folks, we need to see it. None of the patriarchs saw the complete fulfillment of God's promise. They lived in tents. But I want you to look at a few words in verse 13. The Bible says, These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them. Listen to that. Persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. Folks, here's the position that you ought to have in Christ, in Christ alone. They died in faith. The only way to die is in faith. The only way you ought to die is in faith. If you don't put your faith and trust in God, you will die and go to hell and not heaven. And then the prerequisite for passing into heaven is by faith. By faith in what? 
It's by faith in who? Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection. But, you know, I see persistence also to stay faithful until you die. Folks, listen, I want to tell you something. Uh, this this pass it, passing of faith, the passing of faith, is so important that you pass on to the next world by faith, that you believe. And they were, they were strangers and pilgrims. But I want you to notice three words. There was the persuasion of faith. The persuasion of faith. These all died not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them. Folks, when you're persuaded of something, it changes your life. You ought to be persuaded in the will of God. You ought to be persuaded in the promises of God. And then we see the word embraced. When I think of the word embrace, I think of passion of faith. The passion of faith. There ought to be some things that you ought to be passionate about. That you ought to be compassionate about. And folks, I want to tell you something. That person ought to be the Lord Jesus Christ. You ought to love Him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might, and all your mind. There ought to be a dedication not a whimsical, uh, I'll turn on you or turn on God anytime He doesn't bless me. But it ought to be a passionate faith. And then there's a, there's a profession of faith. They confessed them. So three words. They, was, they were persuaded, and then they uh, embraced, and then they confessed. Three precious words in that verse tell us how we persevere. With a persuasion, belief, a compassion, and then a confession. You know, what you're persuaded of and what you love is what you talk about and who you talk about. And so we see, folks, there is a definite persevering of faith. Folks, one of the things that should be um, down in history of your life is that you persevered by faith. You didn't quit. There's no place to quit. There's no place to part, as Lester Olaf used to preach, a great message on there's no place to part. And he, he was uh, faithful to God called him home uh, through that plane crash. That plane went down. He went up with those girls probably singing, living by faith. Amen. What a great man of God he was. Then we see the passing of faith. They all died in faith. I touched on that. But I want you to see the prospect of faith. The prospect of faith. Next, Brother Cody. The prospect of faith. I want you to look at verse 14, and I'll try to close. And they that say such things declared plainly that they seek a country. Folks, the prospect of faith. Abraham obeyed by faith when he didn't know why. And folks, he was going to sacrifice Isaac, the miraculous seed, the miracle that was conceived in Sarah's womb when she was past 90. And folks, all the future was wrapped up into that. And I know he couldn't figure that out. He couldn't trace that, but he could trust God. And that's the prospect of faith. Folks, they all said such things, declare plainly. And that's a profession of faith also. They declared it plainly. They seek a country. But in verse 15, the Bible says this, And truly, if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out of, they might have opportunity to have returned. But now they declare a better country that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. And oh, what a city it is. It's going to be great. Heaven should not be just a destination. Heaven should be a motivation. And so I want to say there's the peril of faith. 
verse 15, it says, If they truly had been mindful of that country, of that country from whence they came out of, that was a country of idolatry. That was a country of selfish endeavors. Folks, I want to tell you something. By faith, there's no turning back. The Bible says when uh, Paul was about to have his head chopped off, I mean, he was probably looking out the window, looking at the chop, chopping block. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, he said, I'm now ready to be offered. That's faith. At the time of my departure is at hand. For I have fought a good fight. Now listen to this. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. What a great testimony. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, is to give me at that day, and not to me only, uh, but unto all them also that love his appearing, and do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Now, folks, he's, he's finishing his life. And he's saying, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Folks, I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. And I want to tell you something. That's a great testimony. And that will be our testimony that as Philippians chapter 3, verse 14 says, forgetting those things that are behind, but pressing towards the mark of the high calling. And, folks, the mark of the high calling is living by faith. Say amen right there in your living room, praise God. And Demas is, a, is an example of almost blowing it, but somebody restored him, and he said, bring Demas to me, for he is now profitable unto me. But he loved this present world. Uh, but, but he's profitable to me for the ministry now. Folks, there is a second chance. And God calls us to come back. But folks, it would be better if you'd never leave. You ought to be faithful. Let me just say this. There's a peril of faith, and that is this, that you have to be mindful of this world more than that world, and that you're mindful of the past and mindful of the sin and mindful of the crowd and not mindful of that God's looking on. Heaven is not only a destination. It's a wonderful motivation. In 1 John 2, 28, it says you can either face him ashamed with tears or you can face him confident. Which one will it be? When he shall appear, you can face him ashamed or with confidence. I want to face him with confidence. Not cockiness, but confidence that he kept his promise and that he never let me down and that he was always there. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that you can suffer loss at the judgment seat of Christ. Folks, I want to tell you something. Having tru uh, truly... Uh, uh, been mindful of that country from whence they came out of, they might have had opportunity to return. Don't return. Don't backslide. It's not back leap, it's backslide. It's one service at the time. It's one day without reading your Bible. It's one day without prayer. It's one day depending upon the flesh and mounting up in the pride of life and saying, I'll live my own life. I want you to turn and close into first, Second Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 real quick. I try to be brief on these broadcasts where nobody's here. I can tell when you doze off. I can tell when your mind wanders. But I don't know what you're doing at home. But I know it's hard. And I appreciate you tuning in. But it's hard with all the distractions. The dogs are barking. The neighbors are crying. Uh, the TV's uh, there to uh, change the channel. And all kinds of distractions. And I appreciate you focusing in. 
and listening tonight. But I want you to see some, a great chapter, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I want you to see right in the middle of it, verse 7, it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. The first six chapter verses are talking about uh, this earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved. We have a building of God. A house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. We ought to focus on the eternal or we'll go back. Hey, listen, we'll backslide. The Bible says, For this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with, uh, with our house which is from heaven. And so being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in the tabernacle do groan. There's the tabernacle, the, tempor uh, uh, the temporariness of this life. Being burdened not for... Uh, that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now look at verse 5. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God who has given us the earnest of the Spirit. I'll tell you why you ought to be faithful and how you can be faithful. It's the down payment of heaven, the earnest of the Spirit. And folks, at the judgment seat of Christ, we'll give account of how much we yielded to the Lord, live by faith, and live for the love and glory of God. But look at verse 6. Therefore we are always confident, there's faith, knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by what? Sight, girls. It says we are confident, I say, willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. But here's the, here's the text. It says, wherefore we labor, whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. The only way to please God is by faith. By faith. The next verse in Hebrews 11 says, For now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. That's the pleasing of faith. The only way to please God is by faith. But look at verse 10 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest unto your conscience. Folks, there is going to be a day of reckoning. And folks, heaven should be a great destination and a great anticipation, but folks, it ought to be a great motivation that one day we're going to give account to God, and we don't want to face Him empty-handed. We want to present to Him a crown, and we want to uh, hear the words, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Did you hear that? The Lord's going to say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. We need to be faithful. Faithful. And that last verse, verse 16, that I'll cover tonight and Hebrews 11 says, But now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. Folks, is God ashamed to, to call you His child? Folks, you ought to make Him proud. You know, you make a daddy proud when you obey children, when you do things willingly, when you do things lovingly. You make your parents proud. And I want to tell you something, folks, we ought to make God proud. We ought to make the Lord proud. And we ought to realize... Folks, the only way to please Him is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, where it says, For it is impossible to please God except by faith. For without faith it's impossible to please Him, believing that He is.
And folks, he is enough. Very unusual thing happened at a funeral. There was a lady that wanted to make a message. And the way she made the message was very unusual. Uh, she put a fork in her hand. I mean, here's the corpse in the, in the casket. And she has a fork in her hand. And everybody went by and they thought, what in the world is this lady doing? Was she a chef? Was she a good cook? And I want to tell you something, folks. She was making this, this message. She was, she was creating interest through this illustration. She was saying, and she had a little sign uh, below that fork, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Because she was taught to change forks before she had her dessert. That was her, her childhood training. And she had that dessert fork in her hand testifying that the best is yet to come. And I want to say this, folks. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place, full of glory and grace, full of joy and peace and love. No more sin, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more riots in the street, no more virus, no more this, no more sadness, no more disappointments, no more depression. It's going to be a wonderful place. But it shouldn't be just a destination. It ought to be a motivation. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the message tonight. Use it for your glory. God, thank you, dear Lord, that we can preach these few moments and bring this thought about faith that does not turn back. God, faith that is faithful. The root word of faithfulness is that by faith we should live. By faith we should anticipate. By faith we ought to be uh, persuaded and embrace you and your promises, not this world and fall in love with the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, but God, to be faithful because we love you, to be loyal because we love you. God, to let you be the apple of our eye, and dear God, that we might be the apple of your eye and that we would please you, and that you'd not be ashamed to call us a child of faith. So Lord, as we close in prayer. May you deal with hearts at home. May you deal with hearts in this very sanctuary. That Lord, we're to live this life the few years we have by faith. By faith. Trusting you. Not wavering. And certainly not going back to the where we came from and going back to the world and disgracing your name and despising your word, taking it for granted by going back. God help us to live by faith and be faithful until you call us home. May heaven be not just a destination, but God may it be a motivation that one day, face to face, we're going to meet you. One day, it's going to be either empty-handed or we're going to cast a crown at your feet. May we, dear God, hear the words, faithful. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. We'll praise you and thank you for using this very message to stir our faith and to motivate our faithfulness. All for your glory, we pray and preach. Amen.